Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are hump day and this is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. Let me know what's on your mind. The address is Monica Crowley Podcast, all one word, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Well, we've got a lot coming at us uh, this week. We've got an eye on that ridiculous Manhattan grand jury, which apparently is not going to meet on the Trump case again until tomorrow. And keep in mind, grand juries have other issues in front of them. So it may very well be that on Thursdays, as the reporting goes, uh, they actually don't deal with the Trump issue. They deal with other stuff coming ahead of them. So who knows how this is all going to shake out. We are watching it. And I want to tell you that on Friday, we've got a big show coming up because we're going to talk to America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy is going to be here on Friday to break down everything that's going on, not just with this Manhattan DA, this corrupt Soros DA, who is just, you know, searching for something on Donald Trump and won't rest until he finds it. But we'll also talk to Rudy about the other cases that are percolating up. Of course, all of these things have been underway for years, but they're timing them now as we head into the 2024 race, right? Any number of these quote-unquote investigations, all completely fake and ridiculous, um, they could have been wrapped up like in no time, okay? Because there are no crimes here. But of course, they've strung it all along. All of these cases have just been strung along and ventilated and just gone on forever because they're trying to time it to the summer or fall of this year, even early next year, to try to sideline Donald Trump. It's now obvious to everybody, um, but we're going to talk to Rudy about where all of these cases stand uh, with regard to Trump and his own journey through the corrupt FBI and DOJ. It's an unbelievable story. So Rudy is going to be here on Friday. Also coming up into the future here, we're going to speak with Catherine Engelbrecht, who is really one of the first people to drive a stake into the ground on election integrity. She's going to join us. Her group is True the Vote. 
which is, it's done incredibly important work for election integrity now for years. And she doesn't back down. She has been threatened and everything else. She refuses to back down. She's got some incredible reporting that she is going to share with us on that. And we're going to talk superpower in peril with Dave McCormick, who ran for the Republican nomination in Pennsylvania for the Senate, lost to Dr. Oz, but he's got a new book out. And my sense is he's going to try this again. Very impressive guys. So we're going to have him here in the days ahead as well. So huge shows, of course. Now today I want to do a special show and do a deep dive into a very important issue. Remember when Joe Biden ordered the U.S. intelligence agencies to further investigate the origins of SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19? Well, he ordered that in 2021, and we're only now beginning to get some results from these intel agencies and other government agencies doing this work. Of course, given the profound corruption of the deep state and the lies that the regime has told us from the start of the pandemic, who would believe anything they told us anyway? Well, the rest of us do demand the truth because what we have put up with over the last three years, what we've been subjected to, what the nation and really the entire world has been plunged into this incredible abyss of darkness, we deserve the truth and we deserve accountability. Was SARS-CoV-2 an animal to human transmission blamed on a bat in Wuhan, China and that wet market? That's what we were told. In many cases, this is what we are still being told. Or was there a much more sinister plan at work? We've been talking a lot about this on the show, and we are going to continue that conversation now. Joining us is Dr. Richard Fleming. He is the author of the brand new book, Is COVID-19 a Bioweapon? a scientific and forensic investigation. Dr. Fleming began in 2020 investigating SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, using his inflammation theory, which he's going to tell us about. And he also began investigating COVID treatments at the same time investigating the origins of this virus. What he found in his new book, Is COVID-19 a Bioweapon, is astonishing and is going to shock you. Everybody must go get this book. It's available now wherever books are sold. And Dr. Fleming joins us now. Welcome, sir. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation. So good to have you with us. And well done on this book, because it's such a critically important examination of the origins of the pandemic and a real excavation of the truth, at least as uh, in terms of what we know so far. So Dr. Fleming, let's begin with your inflammation theory, um, because I think that's an important way to frame the rest of our conversation about what you've discovered about the virus, as well as the mRNA shots. The inflammation theory, inflammatory thrombotic response disease theory, actually goes way back to 1976 when I first joined the American Heart Association. At that time, I was the youngest faculty member to be recruited, and I got placed on three different committees, including one that was known as the Cholesterol Education Committee, where we began talking to doctors and lay public about the risk of cholesterol and heart disease. And... Um, I've spent several decades with American Heart, um, all volunteer time, by the way. Uh, but my goal was to try to sort out why people have heart disease. And in the process of doing that, <clears throat> after several decades of teaching and researching, I really sat down and asked fundamental questions that included why aren't the pieces fitting together? Why, why, you know, one researcher say this is a problem, but it doesn't pan out all the time. And, and so by 1994, I had sat down and put together a new theory, a, a theory that involved both inflammation and blood clotting or an inflammatory thrombotic response. And really, uh, simplistically put, what that theory says is that for a variety of reasons, people can have heart disease, blood pressure problems, cancer, diabetes, strokes, all resulting from something happening in the body where the body's response, because the problem is continuing to persist, becomes one that causes disease. And so when we look way back when I was a medical student, there was something that came out known called HIV, human immunodeficiency virus. 
So that was a precipitating factor, but it caused a disease, an inflammatory thrombotic disease known as AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. In the case of all these diseases, heart disease, cancer, the like, in 1994, what I essentially did was say, here's all these issues, cholesterol, triglycerides or fats, homocysteine, like protein low A, which now American Heart has recognized 29 years later is it <laughs> plays plays a role um so that only 29 years late um <clears throat> but also the role of infections viruses bacteria fungi a variety of things and that when added on top of something else already going on or added in such a way that it overwhelms the body we get this massive inflammatory reaction that has come in the day of SARS-CoV-2, the viruses, to be known as COVID-19 or coronavirus disease, first seen in the year 2019. So the theory explains why people can have a worsening of disease they already have, or a much accelerated process over something that shouldn't be a problem if we don't treat it. And that really, <clears throat> That sat in, in, obviously, in my brain, having released it in 94 at American Heart, again in 95. This was published in a cardiology textbook in 99. From 2000 to 2003, I did the bacterial studies. <clears throat> and then in 2004, we aired on 2020. And I kind of thought with 2020 doing it, maybe everybody would know about it. But you know, that it's been given so much lip service without actual understanding or depth by the majority of physicians treating patients that, you know, even though this came out in 94, um, what, um, 30 years ago now, almost, that uh, 29 years ago, that uh, you would have thought that they'd have done a better job with with the, with the, the pandemic that occurred. And then other work that I had done uh, as a cardiology fellow, I wrote many of the first papers on how the new, what, we, what were research drugs in those days, but are now the drugs that we use for imaging the heart. Um, I actually wrote the way Big Pharma told me to, and then later discovered and ended up in federal court because of this, that Big Pharma had lied, that uh, they were over-radiating people and we didn't need to inject people with two doses we only needed one and the isotopes moved around. But in sorting all that out, I developed and patented a method that to the best of my knowledge is still the only patented method. It has a longer name that I gave to it, but a lot of people just call it Fleming method because I guess my longer name was too much to remember. That actually measures changes inside the body real time. And because of that, it can tell you if you have heart disease or cancer or an infection like SARS-CoV-2 slash COVID-19, and it can define how severe it is. And it allows you then to actually treat people for any of those health problems and find out what works for them. And so in early 2020 in January, when I was actually sick <clears throat> with Wuhan HU1, the original version of this in LA, um, I sat down and, and, and put together a research protocol, but at the same time that I started that, for me to really understand what I was working with, I needed to find out what it was that I was working with. What, what were these viruses that we were calling severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 or SARS-CoV-2? What, what are they? Where did they came from? What's unique about them so I could get a better handle on what I needed to do to treat those. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon whose position you're in, that investigation unearthed decades worth of research and monies that were spent by the United States government to allow people like Peter Dazak and Ralph uh, at EcoHealth and Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina and choosing Lee at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but other 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 researchers throughout the country. I mean, the United States, University of Wisconsin, University of Iowa, University of Nebraska, University of Texas and Galveston. I mean, just to name a few of the places that have been actively involved, Fort Detrick, um, <clears throat> who actually had people in 2021 uh, try to recruit me as a physicist 
to work on viral research projects at Fort Detrick that was funded by NIAID, which I thought was either brazen of them or, or, or ignorant of them because, you know, I, I, I've been fairly clear about, you know, my concerns since February of 2020, as I started un, un, unearthing uh, this research that had been going on to develop biological gain of function viral weapons um, funded by the US government, other governments, but clearly the US government has been actively involved with more than half of that money coming from the Department of Defense. Yes, so, as an in, Intel operation. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, um, it's somewhat uh, bothersome, you know, if, if, if you're still living in that world that the government, U.S. government is a group of really good people only doing good things. But, you know, unfortunately, the U.S. government, like every other government, like every field of science and medicine and journalism and you name it, has good people and it has bad people. And <clears throat> some of those people, I think, firmly believe that what they're doing um is the right thing to do. But if you really, if you look at the monies and the people involved and you ask, what do these people have in common? Well, <clears throat> they really have three major things in common. They have gain of function research, the manipulation of something living like a virus or a bacteria or anything else, and the changing of that to make it more infective or more harmful but also the changing of other organisms like you know human beings with crispr technology and the 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 papers that connect all these is about 40 of them that we have and and they're part of the documents that we're going to give to the attorney generals to prosecute these people um <clears throat> these papers all trace back something of what's called lamarckian genetics which is the belief that you can take something alive and you can change it and it'll make it better. <clears throat> and that approach, you know, we're, we're at first blush, it might seem really good. You know, if you could go and undo really bad things, wouldn't that be great? But everything that can be great can also be used for other purposes. I mean, my research as a physicist and I got my doctorate at age 18, my work in high energy physics, I buried because I could see what they would do with it. But almost anything can be used for good or bad. Um, and, and it's just a matter of who gets a hold of it. And, you know, what, what drives them as individuals? What are the ethics uh, that determine what they will and will not do? And unfortunately, <clears throat> where I think a lot of people um, are missing the big picture here. The, the research that this, the, the book uncovers and, and the people involved has continued on and, and well beyond uh, the genetic vaccines for SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19, if you will. What has come out uh, since late October are genetic vaccines now from the same players for cancer, which should raise some eyebrows because cancer is not a single thing. And it should also remind you of the movie, uh, I, am, uh, I Am Legend, right? Because yes. that started with that. Um, a, a genetic vaccine for cancer, a genetic vaccine for amyloidosis. <clears throat> and part of the problem with these viruses that they, that they released, and, and the data shows that there were at least three different viruses uh, which is interesting for, I think, most people to wrap their brains around because everybody's been calling it incorrectly the disease, COVID-19. But even when they, when they use the correct term SARS-CoV-2, the implication is that that's a single virus. And in fact, the data, if you go to FlemingMethod.com and you go to gain of function, you'll see there's three viruses <clears throat> that there's decades worth of research that's gone on to that they built that if you use the PCR properly, you'll find that about eight to 10 different PCR segments that we've tested uh, shows that what we've been calling SARS-CoV-2 is actually these other three viruses all put together. And um, so they have, they, you know, just by giving it a single name, everybody kind of went to the perspective that, well, it's a single virus when in fact, you know, it's, a, it's at least three different viruses. 
I just want to stop you there for, for the audience's sake, and let's just regroup. So you're talking about three separate viruses that were put together in one in like a Frankenstein sense with the gain of function no, there's, research? There's actually three different viruses that they were working with that when you that were all a part of this research. And the likelihood that only one of these got out as opposed to three of them, they probably all three got out at the same time from the Wuhan lab. But the reality is if you look at, if you do the PCR testing for all three of these using the header, the primers that we use for SARS-CoV-2, it turns out that SARS-CoV RS SHC014, COV MA15 and COV RS3367 all show up as, as SARS-CoV-2 and the RSSHC014 virus is the same virus that uh, Barrett called SARS-CoV Urbani from 2003 and 2016. So <clears throat> it's a matter of understanding that the research that led to SARS-CoV-2 didn't lead to a single virus. It led to three different viruses that all match what we're calling SARS-CoV-2. It's, it's more than one virus, according to the PCR data. And all three of these viruses were paid for by the Department of Defense, the Health and Human Services, National Science Foundation, the U.S. Agency for International Development, Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Commerce, Department of Agriculture, and the Department of the Interior, all of which collectively put out more than $61 million in research. And that was based upon you know, 2004 to 2020 dollars. <clears throat> and, and they also, the DOD also provided for, uh, for uh, Peter Dazek at EcoHealth and a, a policy advisor by the name of David France, who's a former commander of Fort Detrick. So they invested heavily in these biological viral weapons um, <clears throat> while at the same time they were doing research on uh, aloxostatin E64D that you can see dates back to 1985, which is a drug that you can't get, I can't prescribe because it's unavailable. It hasn't been cleared for use, even though there's data going back to 1985 that shows that this drug interferes with these viruses and other viruses attaching to cells, replicating or making more of themselves. And in fact, this drug is, has been shown to undo brain damage that's caused by prion diseases, which are the types of diseases that these viruses and these vaccines are causing, as well as just brain damage from, uh, you know, contact sports or motor vehicle accidents. So the question now gets raised as to <clears throat> why is a drug that's been investigated since the mid-1980s that they know is beneficial for these viruses and for head injuries. Why has this drug been blocked from the market uh, at, the, at the same time? Well, it turns out the same people are paying for all this research. So they knew they had something in the wings that could be useful while they were building uh, biological viral weapons that are illegal to do because um, the United States entered into the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty in 1975, the same year my generation of people came out of Vietnam, shall we say? <clears throat> I mean, if that's, if that's what we did, I yes. mean. Yes, yes. Uh, and at that same time, even though all the countries that signed the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty said they wouldn't build these weapons, if they knew anybody who had them, they'd destroy them. We'd share the technology so that we had so that nobody else would, would feel threatened by it. <clears throat> At the same time all that was going on, the United States is the country that blocked the ability of, of uh, any country to verify whether other countries were honoring this, this treaty or not. And in fact, all the <clears throat> Russian-Ukrainian war has shown everybody is that we've now admitted, we started with the admission of 15 labs and four mobile ones a year ago to the admission that we've spent more than $400 million and have 44 bio labs in, in the Ukraine, which right. was the first thing that uh, 
Putin went after. And I'm not a fan of Putin, but you know, if, if somebody, if my enemy was building biological weapons on my doorstep, I might be inclined to go get them. Yeah, I, I was just saying this on this show. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just saying that. Dr. Fleming, please hang tight. A lot more ahead. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. And we're back with Dr. Richard Fleming. I want to ask you two questions. Is it possible, because there is some speculation, that SARS-CoV-2, or the, the viruses that you're talking about, um, that were inflicted on the world over the last couple of years, that, it, that they were developed by these criminal enterprises and these figures like Fauci, Barrick, Dabsek, etc., but that it was developed in Ukraine and trafficked to Wuhan and then released. So that's my first question to you, what your belief is on that. And secondly, are you of the opinion that the release of these viruses, virus, um, was accidental or intentional? To the first question, it's hard to know who all has had access to this. The reality is that once these viruses are built, we know what what makes them. I mean, we don't, you know, this is 2023. We don't live in the 1850s. You know, all the people who say, has Cook's postulates been applied to proving these viruses exist? Um, Well, A, we don't live in the 1850s. I mean, the Bohr model of the atom was, what, 1890s? And that's the one that has the protons and neutrons in the middle and electrons floating around the outer part. And as a physicist, I'll tell you that if you think that that's what the atom is like, you're wrong. But, you know, I I understand that's what they teach in schools to kind of give people a handle, but that's not really what an atom is. Um, And Cook's postulates, A, have been proven for these viruses, but B, in 2023 and for the last couple of decades since 2004 and the Human Genome Project was completed, we define animals, all living creatures, by their genetic code. That's how we know what you are. You know, the genetic code of a human being and the genetic code of a great ape is about 99.97% identical. But that 0.03% makes a heck of a difference. I mean, I'm not sure the last time you saw an orangutan shopping in your grocery market, um, <laughs> but, you know, that, that point, 0.03% makes a substantial difference. And it's critical to defining it. So we know what makes up SARS-CoV-2. In fact, if you go to Fleming Method and you go to the the publications, which is the the fourth column, and you just click on that, I've got over, I think it's 444 papers I've got on there now for the general public, including the ones that show the genetic sequence, the entire genetic sequence of thousands of samples of SARS-CoV-2, you know, as if it's a single thing which means 
If you're sitting in a lab in Ukraine, a bio level four lab in the Ukraine, funded by the United States, the, the question I would ask you is, do you think they can build it there? Yeah, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> do you think they can build it in Wuhan? The answer is yes. Do you think they can build it in Fort Detrick? The answer is yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to do. And once you've made it and you share it, you can make it anywhere, <clears throat> you know? Um, that's that's the, the 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 bad part of this. So do they have it in the in the labs in Ukraine? I don't know, but I would guarantee you that they've got the sophistication there to be able to build it if they want to. And I'm sorry, what was the second question? The second question is: Are you of the opinion that the oh. release of these yeah. viruses was accidental <clears throat> or intentional? Right. So uh, you know, and I, I I really don't give my opinions to people because you know you've got friends friends and relatives to get opinions from. My job is to give you the science and and the facts. Um, so a I I wasn't you know I'm not on the inner circle, so they really haven't told me. But b as somebody with the background that I have, um, when I look at the behaviors of the people in January, February, and and since, um, that tells me that their research projects probably got out by accident because they behave panicked when you watch them. Uh, what are some examples? Well, we know from the data that by August, September of 2019, people in Milan, Italy had tissue samples of the skin and other organs that were positive for SARS-CoV-2. When we look at what was going on in Wuhan in September, October, they were panicked. Now the lab had been completed, brand new state of the art in 2018, the year before. But by the fall of 2019, Wuhan wanted new equipment to incinerate and destroy materials. And they wanted new air filtration systems in a state-of-the-art lab, suggesting something was going on. While the streets of Wuhan, from people who attended the war games, the comments from people are, the streets look desolate. And war game attendants were temperature tested, not something that was usual, and encouraged to wash their hands. Wuhan virology personnel were showing up in Wuhan hospitals. And the Department of Defense, on the 12th of November, 2019, seven weeks before anybody heard about these viruses, issued over $400,000 of grants to agencies that went to the Ukraine for COVID-19. Now, a year ago, when this was first talked about, the fact checkers, F-A-C-T checkers, came out and said, well, the Department of Defense didn't issue that for COVID. They issued it for other things and then just added COVID to it later. In, you know, the early summer of 2020, except if you go to the, the website, the US government website, and you look at the DOD grants where they show contract changes, there aren't any contract changes made in April and June of 2020. So there wasn't any change by the government, which means either the Department of Defense twice failed to update a US data, government data site on contracts that had what more than $70 million flying out the window by that time, mm -hmm. or they didn't put it there, which means they're either sloppy or they're intentionally covering it, neither one of which suggests to me that they should be running our military. Um, so I don't know, you, you, the lawyer in me says you can choose either one of those approaches you want, but either one doesn't look good. And this from the group of people that are responsible for more than half of the gain of function research funding, you know, you're going to have to explain that one in court, in criminal court, as far as I'm concerned, because the United States military 
does not have the right to commit crimes, even though it's clear, clear that they have repeatedly with radiation experiments in US citizens and with the Tuskegee Airmen, and dare we say Operation Paperclip and all the other, the MK Ultra experiments mm -hmm. that you're all finding out about now painfully. Yep. You know, what happened to the United States following the downfall of Nazi Germany, the pulling of Nazi uh, military and intelligence people into the US government and everything else that's happened. And, you know, and I can tell you as a JFK kid, where my life changed in what would have been seventh grade, um, where not only did we do our secondary education, but we began our doctorate training in our areas of aptitude with mine being physics. Um, if you, the reality is there were, there were government programs going on that American citizens are only now finding out about. And the reality is they've been funding this type of research for these biological viral weapons in violation of a treaty, <clears throat> in violation of 18 USC section 175, which is a federal law that states, so they wanted to put it in US law in addition to a treaty, that you know you can't uh, make these weapons. In fact, just to quote from you here from this treaty, um, it states, whoever knowingly possesses any biological agent, toxin, or delivery system, or type or in any a quantity that under the circumstances is not reasonably justified by a prophylactic, protective, bona fide research or other peaceful purpose, shall be fined under this title in prison not more than 10 years or both. In this subsection, the terms biological agent or toxin do not encompass any biological agent or toxin that is in its natural occurring environment. If the biologic agent or toxin has not been cultivated, collected, or otherwise extracted from its natural source. Now, the purpose of reading that is that it doesn't really matter which excuse they come up with. They either build it in a lab or they pulled it from its natural environment and modified it. What I just read to you says that that's a violation of federal law because they've modified it and taken it out of its natural environment. It's just yeah. incredible. Okay, please stand by much more with Dr. Richard Fleming on these very important issues straight ahead. But first, guys, we know what's going on with the Fed. We know what's going on in the economy. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool that they have to keep inflation under control, and it's not working. You cannot spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. So hedge inflation by owning gold, whether physical gold and silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right, unqualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group, now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text MONICA to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text MONICA to 989-898. We're coming right back. Okay, we're back with Dr. Richard Fleming. Do you consider these people criminals, that these are crimes against humanity? These are first and foremost crimes against Americans. Yeah. And secondly, crimes against humanity. Absolutely. We built, we, I, you know, look, U.S. taxpayer dollars, right? Biological viral weapons. So 
part of what I'm trying to emphasize to people, because I know there's a lot of, lot of distress with the vaccines and everything else. The vaccines, the medications, the quarantining, the masking, and the fact that they have, I started to say, five genetic vaccines, once for cancer, once for amyloidosis, which we know is a prion disease of the brain and the heart, which these viruses and vaccines cause, one for cystic fibrosis, one for influenza, one for respiratory syncytial virus, and nobody's batting an eye. Nobody's saying, where's the proof that these things are safe and effective? Three and a half years ago, people would have said, well, we have to, we have to show they're safe and effective. But everybody has been so conditioned to being vaccinated without even blinking an eye to say, is this, is this valid? Because the research on the drugs, on these genetic vaccines, the Pfizer, Moderna, and Janssen, what everybody calls Johnson Johnson, but it's really Janssen out of Belgium. If you read the emergency use authorization documents, and I've got them on Fleming Method under that, under that page with 444, and you do st the statistical analysis, the scientific method of proving that the results are meaningful, and you do this statistical analysis, it turns out that neither the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine showed a statistical improvement or reduction in COVID cases compared to the unvaccinated. For Janssen, they had two sets of data, and at two weeks, there was a statistical benefit to being vaccinated. However, two weeks later, at four weeks, that benefit was gone, which might be the best argument for vaccinating everybody for every two weeks. And I only say that tongue-in-cheek. Can I stop you there? Because this is a really important point that everybody needs to understand. And right before we came on the air, Dr. Fleming, I said to you, yeah, I saw your video where you were breaking this down, where you were talking about how they sold the public on the relative risk versus of, of contracting symptomatic COVID and also death, those two categories. So they sold the public on relative risk, which is basically meaningless, versus absolute risk. And there was no statistical difference. So I want everybody in the audience to understand the FDA and Moderna and Pfizer, they had these numbers. So they knew that the difference between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed in terms of getting COVID and the risk of death was statistically insignificant, meaning the vax made little to no difference in contracting COVID or, and or dying. And yet they still approved the emergency use authorization, the EUA, and they forced it into everybody's arms with a mandate when it made very little to no difference whatsoever, whether you were vaxxed or unvaxxed. That is staggering. But it did provide them with very important scientific information. It provided them with, in the end, evidence that they needed to move forward with further genetic vaccines, further CRISPR technology, and further Lamarckian genetics, which is namely what has been shown in, in the published research is that the more people have been vaccinated, the more our response to those vaccines has shifted. Our, our, the people that have been looked at, so there's five types of antibodies, IgG, IgA, IgM, IgE, IgD. So if you're trying to remember it for your test, it's GAMED, G-A-M-E-D. <clears throat> A is the one that they should have been looking for, and there's no data in the EUAs. So these EUAs are for vaccines, right? So right. you would think that you would want in your EUA document evidence that the genetic vaccines work. So you would need the chemicals from the, the initial part of the response called the T cell or innate, I-N-N-A-T-E response. <clears throat> that data is not there you would want the antibody response from the seven to 10 day response at, uh, of what's called the adaptive humoral. Is there IgA data there? No, there's no IgA data there. Is there IgM data, which is the acute response? No, that's not there. Is there IgG chronic, you know, over several weeks, which will eventually dissipate anyway, because you want memory cells? No, that data is not there either. And E and D aren't applicable. <clears throat> so, there's no immune data in the EUA documents 
for drugs that are supposed to generate an immune response. What we now know is that the repeated use of these genetic vaccines has shifted the response and, and just, I know this may go over the heads, but bear with me, it's important, a shift from what's called IgG3 to IgG4, <clears throat> which means that as people are repeatedly getting vaccinated, our bodies are responding to it and saying, well, that's not really foreign to us, so we really don't need to make our typical response to protect against an infection. And that means that we they have learned that by repeatedly injecting people with these genetic vaccines, that it's blunting a response, allowing more of it to get into human cells, which now opens up the CRISPR technology to change our genetics. <clears throat> and we know that these, these vaccines are getting in. We know that SARS-CoV-2, like HIV, which by the way, SARS-CoV-2 has a part of HIV attached to it by Shi Zheng Li, which you'll find out in the book, she put in, in the early 2000s to take infect, uh, SARS viruses that couldn't infect people so they could infect people. <clears throat> and that was part of the work that my colleague and friend, Professor Luc Montagnier and I were working on before he passed a little bit more than a year ago. Um, so we know that they're doing this has opened the gateway for these other vaccines. And there's about 15 they have on in the pipeline. And according to the WHA documents with this IHR component, uh, international health regulations that they're trying to get through, maybe two to 500 of these vac gene vaccines that they want to start running through. So <clears throat> I'm going to take us back to the beginning, which is the gain of function is the disease. The gain of function that has the same players that are making uh, the CRISPR technology and the Lamarckian approach to genetics that we're going to just change and make the species that we want, <clears throat> which we know if you actually do in, 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 in something before it's conceived, before it's born in, 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 the, in the embryos, you can then get that trait to be passed on genetically in their offspring, where if you do it in people that are already, you know, like us, older, uh, you can modify it, but we won't pass it on in, in our sperm and eggs. Um, <clears throat> so these same players are involved in all of this. And the disease, that's the disease. Everything else, the vaccines, the medications, the quarantining, that's all a symptom. And if all we do is address the symptom, we'll never cure the disease. And I think most people may be aware that if you don't treat a disease, you just mask the symptoms, that disease will get worse until it kills the organism. And the organism is the United States and the world and humanity. It really is. It's so much bigger than just this virus. And you touched on so much of this. I mean, this is a criminal enterprise that has been engaged in this in a, for a very long time. This did not start in 2019. Um, they've been doing this a long time. I'm glad you fleshed that out. It's also part of the transhumanist agenda, the uh, transnational agenda from the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, et cetera. They're all working hand in glove on this. We've got to hit this quick break, but we'll be back with a lot more. But before we do, guys, here's a question for you. If you want control of your financial destination and decisions, but you also want an experienced and knowledgeable person's guidance based on your risk tolerance and financial objectives, visit CardiCo.com. Cardi and Company is a family-operated and nationally recognized fixed income investment firm with more than 50 years of experience. They're licensed in all 50 states with expertise serving both individual and institutional investors. Cardi and Company has expertise in tax-exempt bonds. Interest income on municipal bonds is generally exempt from federal taxes and often also exempt from state and local taxes. There's no ongoing annual fee for their clients, just a one-time commission fee. Cardi and Company also actively helps local governments borrow funds to improve their communities through municipal bonds, giving their investor clients primary access to these investments, generally for initial investments of $5,000 and up. 
Find the investment that's right for you by visiting cardico.com. That's C-A-R-T-Y-C-O.com, cardico.com. Cardi and Company, Inc. does not provide tax, accounting, or legal advice to their clients, and all investors are advised to consult with their tax, accounting, or legal advisors regarding any potential investment. Municipal securities may be subject to the Federal Alternative Minimum Tax, or AMT. Please contact your tax advisor regarding suit of tax-exempt investments for your portfolio. Member FINRA, SIPC. We're back now with our final moments with Dr. Richard Fleming. Final couple of questions before we let you go, Dr. Fleming. So the, the mRNA shots, the genetic vaccines, as you say, there have been all kinds of adverse reactions and death as a result of these shots because there is no, as far as I know, short, medium, or long-term studies on the effects of this stuff. Now, maybe maybe these dark enterprises have that long-term data, but we certainly don't. Um, and we do know that it's causing cardiac events. It's heart attack strokes. It's causing fertility issues. It's causing all manner of, of adverse reaction. Is it also immunosuppressive? Meaning are these shots suppressing the natural immune system and inhibiting your body's ability to fight back against cancer cells, against the flu or RSV or, right. or the common cold? So, so we know from the research that's already been published with Pfizer and Moderna that they have done, there's been research done that shows that following the injection of people with these genetic vaccines, who then got vaccinated for influenza, that the ability to mount an immune response to the influenza vaccine was blunted, knocked down. So the answer to your question from the research that's been published is that yes, it is interfering with our innate immune system, being able to respond to other infections. We know that cancer is a response on how these the, the, the viruses and the vaccines affect the P53 system, the BRCA1 and 2 system, the CD147 system, all of which are responsible for addressing cancers. But again, cancer is also an inflammatory thrombotic response disease. So that's causing prion diseases too. We know that there are more than 425,000 excess deaths since January of 2020 due to prion diseases like Alzheimer's and amyloidosis of the heart, amyloidosis of the, of, the, of the pancreas causing diabetes. We know the inflammatory thrombotic response diseases have escalated with heart disease, strokes, diabetes, cancer, variety of disorders. <clears throat> the question is, at this point in time, what are we going to do about it? And the answer is twofold. First off, on Fleming Method, you can find treatments that in, in the research that I did that we showed treated infections, we tr they, they treated the inflammatory thrombotic response disease COVID. We've put recommendations out there for people who've been vaccinated and shedding, which is uh, both the products and, and the vaccines themselves, which maybe we'll get into in another discussion. But more importantly, is reining this whole thing in to stop this uh, avalanche of what's happening at this point in time. And so I want to touch on something known as 10letters.org, the number 10, followed by the word letters, L-E-T-T-E-R-S.org. 10letters.org is a website that we put together <clears throat> that includes evidence from this book, Is COVID-19 a Bioweapon? A deposition that I gave under oath to a Texas court reporter deposition taken by an attorney who's argued before and won before the Supreme Court of the United States and an affidavit, or a claim, uh, it's an affidavit, it would have been a complaint, but attorneys like myself can't file criminal charges. It needs an attorney general from a state or a district attorney to file charges. So 10letters.org is a website that every American can go on to. It takes about a minute and a half of your time. You go to the bottom, it says, build my letter. It will ask for your name and your address. Now, if you don't want that to show up, you can hit a click a box that says, don't show my name or address. 
but we need that information to generate your cover letter for you to send in to your attorney general and your governor. And you're in one of the 50 states, <clears throat> so they're each one different. And that's why the address is needed, but it won't show up if you click, don't show it. But it will give you the correct governor and attorney general. And then you click the letter for indictment, which is a six page document, which states the crimes that this gain of function research has violated both federally and at the state level, as well as the people that we have evidence that shows that they committed crimes. So Bill Gates, uh, Anthony Fauci, Collins, <clears throat> the FDA, DOD, all the people that were responsible for building this and, 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 and subsequently everything that's happened. Those letters then you can mail in to both your governor and your attorney general to demand that the attorney generals do their job. What's their job? Only the attorney generals and district attorneys can convene what's called a grand jury. So when you hear people say, oh, we're getting a grand jury on the vaccines, for example. <clears throat> no, they're not. Because these are civil cases and civil cases aren't grand juries. Grand jury equals criminal case, period. Grand jury or people that are, are voters who say, okay, I'll do my job. They're sequestered. All they do is they listen to district attorneys and attorney generals say, ladies and gentlemen, here's the evidence I have. So that's the book, the deposition, the affidavit. And that affidavit is signed by Dr. Kevin McCarran, world premier neurobiologist on prion diseases and animal models in Japan. Uh, Charles Rixey, who is a former instructor for the United States military for weapons of mass destruction. Joanna Deinert, who is a, a physician in Germany, leading her cause in Germany to deal with these diseases. And Andrew Huff, Dr. Huff, who actually wrote many of the grants for uh, Peter Dazak at EcoHealth to Anthony Fauci and the DOD. So we have the people, we have the evidence for these crimes. And these, by mailing in the cover letter and the indictment letter to your attorney general and your governor, we're notifying them, putting them on notice that Americans want a grand jury investigation and indictment of these criminals. And we're seeing a, a response from the attorney generals, two groups, those who want and need the support of the people you need to send them in for these folks and the cowards that we need to pressure to do their job that they already took an oath to do to hold these people criminally accountable. We know there are AGs that will take this on. Once that first letter for indictment is dropped, it stops everything in its track because even mainstream media will pick up on the fact that Fauci and the others are being charged with crimes serious crimes that are going to end up putting them either in prison or ending up being executed as a result of the crimes that they've done. And the rest of the world is watching us. So this is not Nuremberg truth. This is crimes against America and then crimes against humanity. What Nuremberg taught us is that a country that will not hold its criminals accountable will eventually be held accountable by the rest of the world. So the question is, do we as Americans want to address the problem that happened on our watch? Or do we want the rest of the world to do it? Eisenhower, as he was leaving office, warned us of the military industrial complex that was yep. taking over the United States. And my parents and grandparents dropped the ball and didn't address that. It's now incumbent on us to address it or our future generations, our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our relatives will hold us accountable for having not acted when there's clear evidence of these crimes having been committed. Crimes you can't get away from. I put it down in black and white and it's time for them to be investigated. I have over 4,900 documents on USB drives to share with these attorney generals that do all the work of showing the crimes that have been committed against America and humanity by these criminals. This kind of activism is 
critically, critically important. Guys, I want you all to visit this website, 10letters.org. Org. It's the number 10 and then letters, 10letters.org. This is how we make a change. This is how we hold these people accountable. I've been calling for a COVID accountability project on this show, Dr. Fleming, for a very long time. Nobody really knew how to go about it. You know, I talk to members of Congress all the time and they're holding hearings, but this kind of citizen activism is what's going to bring accountability in the end. And when you hit Certain attorney generals who are uh, particularly politically motivated and ambitious, they are likely to take this up. I doubt the California attorney general will do it, but you may have others around the country. And like you said, once the first uh, uh, move drops, once the first indictment comes, then you will get more and more. So we need one courageous attorney general to take this on. But this is how we get it done, guys. 10 letters org 10letters.org. Final question for you, Dr. Fleming, before we let you go. Are you confident that we will see accountability of Dr. Fauci, Drs. Fauci, Burks, Walensky, Redfield, Collins, the entire uh, COVID criminal cartel? Will we see accountability? In the last two days, the number of letters that have gone in from 10letters.org went from 4,200 to 4,800 in two days. The second state with the so Texas has the most. The second state is California, followed by Florida. We will see action. We will see criminal indictments on these people if the citizens of the United States will continue to act with the responsibility that a citizenry should act to hold its criminal leaders accountable. I have no doubt about that. I will not stop until either these people are prosecuted and at a minimum put in prison or I'm dead. One or the other. It's not going to go down any other way. But the the evidence, the response from Americans as we've been able to now get this information out on the book and on 10letters.org has been tremendous. Americans, uh, I'm not a big user of this term, but we'll go with it, are waking up out of this amnestic state, this fear that they have been put under for the last 38, we're now, we just started month 39 today, the 1st of March, month 39. This nightmare that has encompassed this world will come to an end one way or the other. It's just a matter of whether it will be the United States who would demand accountability or whether we're going to allow the rest of the world to hold us accountable. And I would really encourage the citizens of the United States to remember what was given to us by all the people who have lived here and died here before us. Stand up, be accountable. You can't complain about politicians not doing their job if you're not willing to demand that they do their job. It's on us. That's exactly right. And that's our responsibility in a representative republic, which we still are. We're losing it, losing it fast, but we still are. So it's our responsibility to lean on these elected representatives to do the right thing and hold these criminals responsible. Fear is government's favorite weapon because it's its most effective weapon. And when they settled on a public health issue as a lever for power and control over the last three years, they knew exactly what they were doing. This book blows the lid off of so much. It is absolutely brilliant and it's absolutely necessary for every American to read. It's called, Is COVID-19 a Bioweapon? A Scientific and Forensic Investigation. The author is Dr. Richard Fleming, who has been joining us for the last hour in this incredibly important conversation. The two websites, if you want to know more about the Fleming method, I don't have a method named after me, but he does. So go check it out. Fleming with one M, FlemingMethod.com. And perhaps even more importantly is the activism to get everybody that we know to send these letters in to state attorneys general to take action and bring these indictments and bring the COVID criminal cartel to account. That website, 10letters.org, the number 10, 10letters.org. Please go check it out. Send in these letters. It's the only way we're going to get accountability. Dr. Fleming, it's been such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. 
My pleasure, Monica. Thank you for the invitation. You bet. Well, another incredibly important show in the can. Um, I hope you got a lot out of this. I think we are just finding the tip of the iceberg here with not just the virus and its origins, but also these mRNA shots, where we are with them. More evidence is coming out every single day about the dangers of these shots. So I hope you found today's conversation with Dr. Fleming, who has really been, he's renowned, and he's really been at the forefront of excavating the truth about all of this. I hope you found it incredibly informative and important. Make sure that you're listening to the show, but also that you're telling everybody you know to listen to the Monica Crowley podcast, because we bring you information you likely can't get most other places, right? So thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday and for checking out our great sponsors. On Friday, a reminder, we will be joined by America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who's going to break down not just what's going on here in New York City with the Trump case, but all of the Trump cases that are all completely fake, where we are on all of them and what we can anticipate, plus his own story which is absolutely unbelievable. So you're not going to want to miss Rudy Giuliani here on Friday. We've got a lot more on the show coming up in the days ahead. Have a great rest of your week, and I will see you right back here on Friday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.